The book of Genesis is about God's creation, the fall of man, and the birth of a nation. This nation would be named Israel, and would one day bring forth the Messiah. The Messiah would restore what Adam lost, peace with God. This Messiah is Christ Jesus our Lord, who is also known as the Word of God. Through Christ, the Word of God, the world's existed. The book of Genesis gives us many lessons in life, family, decisions, consequences, destiny, leadership. But most of all, the book gives us a glimpse of God. And that is why we study the Bible, to know God more. That is why we read the Bible and study it, because we are hungry to be intimate with our Creator. Earlier this year, meaning last January, we finished our series on Genesis that spanned two and a half years. God is good. Amen. Am I restarting Genesis? No. But we are going back to learn certain lessons from Genesis. More specifically, the leadership principles found in Genesis. We revisit parts of Genesis. Today it's chapter 1. Next week is chapter 1. And the week after that is still chapter 1. In the next few weeks, we will focus on leadership. May we all gain wisdom and understanding. May we become the leaders that God wants us to become. I do believe that today, nations, including our own, communities that we belong to, need leadership. Leadership is important. In fact, two authors mentioned that leadership is influence. And one popular author said that everything rises and falls on leadership. One thing I know as I study the Bible, God raises leaders and deals with the leaders. If the leaders fear God and follow God, somehow the nation was also blessed. And if the leader influences the people away from God, somehow the people were not blessed. That is why it is important for us to study this, because some of you might be leaders in your own organizations, or will become leaders in your communities, or even possibly government that would influence so many. Four things I'd like to discuss today. One, God is the undeniable creator of the universe. Do you believe that God created the universe? We believe that by faith. And I'm willing to debate anybody, 
anybody who claims to be a man of science to debate me on this. And I have debated so many. My practice started in UPLB when I was a college student. It was fun debating professors who could not find the answers. Because my premise is, my argument is, my belief is by faith, yours is by faith as well. Do not argue to me that yours is based on facts. Because who has proven that the world existed for billions of years? The scientific method is about observing who has observed more than a lifetime. Then they say, but carbon dating has helped us. Have you heard about the living snail when they tried carbon dating on a living snail, it is actually 27,000 years old. So I say, your proof is still unstable. It is not yet proven enough. That's why I say, yours is by faith as well as is mine. The leader must acknowledge this and prioritize his relationship with the Creator. Number two that I wish to discuss today, God put order into the chaos. At the start, the earth was formless and void. There was no form. It was void. Then God said, remember, every time, every time God said, something happened. He put order into the chaos. What can leaders learn from this? Leaders must put order when there is disorder. Of course, if you claim to be a leader, please do not be disorderly in your own life. Leaders create structure, functions, and a sense of order in their family, in their workplace, in their thoughts, in their emotions. Among other people, leaders must create a sense of order because God is a God of order. God is not a God of disorder. He is always a God of order. That is why I always believe in looking for the divine design. Is there something in scripture that says about this situation? I always seek for the divine design because God is a God of order whether it is in family, in personal life, in my thoughts, in my emotions, I must find the divine design and follow it so that I can put order into the chaos. Third thing I wish to discuss today is that God sets boundaries. Yes, God is a God of boundaries. He said all the waters must be here and land is here. There is day and there is night. There is a sense of boundary. If the boundary overlaps, chaos comes back. And once in a while, many scientists believe that through global warming, through all our factories and pollution, perhaps, through so much demand for beef and hamburgers, there seems to be a, a, a destruction, slow destruction happening in the earth that make the boundaries overlap.
Achunami is a one example of an overlap in the boundary, a storm surge. Boundaries overlap. That's why leaders must respect boundaries. The principle of boundaries is very important. It is attached to putting things in order. Boundaries, as we say, may not just be about creation, but it can also be about ethics, about morality, and even our sense of capacity. I remember when I was young, I'd like to take on almost any work. By taking on so much work and believing so much in my own capacity, in fact, I was believing too much of my own capacity, I ended up stressed, unable to deliver great results, and it affected my mental and emotional being. Then I realized I must recognize my capacity. If I want to take on a bigger project, I must learn and study that first. Why? I must respect the sense of capacity. Can I do it? Can I not do it? If I cannot do it, I must prepare so that one day I can do it. I must equip myself. The same way I must respect the boundaries within my family. People are emotional beings. Don't you agree? That all of us are emotional in one way, even though some of us have trained our emotions quite well. And I'm one of those who encourage you to train your emotions, not to be easily offended, not to be easily affected. When there is bad news, never panic. Instead, take a step back, breathe, pray, and then think clearly. I'm one who advocates that. I'm one who advocates if you're very happy and enthusiastic, do not make any major decision because you are bound to make mistakes, especially if you feel very much in love during this Valentine season. So in love that you make a major decision, it will lead you to your doom. Why? Proverbs says, anyone who is hasty will lead to mistakes. So never be hasty when the salesman comes to you and say, now is the time, now is the chance, you have to invest right now, you might miss the chance. Tell that person, please give me three days at least to think about this, I will pray. But if they keep rushing you, you rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Why? Anyone who is hasty makes mistakes. People are emotional. We must respect each one's emotional boundary. At home, I help increase the emotional tolerance of my children. We try our best to make people respond the right way without being affected. However, we are also sensitive on how we teach this. Because sometimes you have to encourage them not to respond that way. Do not be extra sensitive. While at the same time, we are trying to be sensitive on how to teach these principles. It works both ways. In the sense, there are still boundaries that we must have. 
I believe respect must always be given. Never cross the line of disrespect. Sabi nga po ng tatay ko, tatanda ka din. Amen po. Uh, do not dis- disrespect the elder who cannot walk up straight. We help them. Do not disrespect others when you are young and strong and you are always first in line. Please do not do that. Show respect to others. Always, there are boundaries that we must not cross. Morality as well, do not cross the boundary of adultery. It complicates things. Do not cross the boundary of premarital sex, even though it is very popular today. All over the world, they advocate, and there are even apps, that you can hook up with people easily. Without consequence, you think, but there is actually always consequence. Because the unity of mind and body is precious to God. And what God, God's design is that we be united with the one. The one that you will spend, invest the rest of your life with. If you try to unite with several partners, when you try to unite with the one, part of you was already given to somebody else. A little part of you here, a little part there. That is why sometimes to unite yourself, to focus on that partner to love, is sometimes affected. I'm not saying it is impossible, but it takes great spiritual discipline to restore what you've lost. That's why we have uh, a system here of restoration and discipline. We want you to gain back your self-discipline and you restore your soul through prayer, godly advice from some mentors and teachers. Fourth thing that we will discuss is God created an ecosystem. Leaders must aim to build ecosystems. What is an ecosystem? When God created the whole thing, he saw that it was very good, right? When he created one thing, he saw it was good. He created another thing, he saw it was good. But when everything was put together, he said it was very good. When everything was put together. It is so important that we understand what God created and not destroy it. You see, everything, as they say, like a Disney song, the circle of life. They were not the original of that. God was, all right? The circle of life was this. Some things were born on earth. Every animal and plant can feed off the earth, right? We can feed off the earth. But at the same time, they take care of one another. In fact, to some degree, we as peoples in several cultures, minus the technology, still understand parts of this. There was a tribal culture that I heard about. If, the, if you were fed in a person's farm, they say, it was your obligation to deliver your waste in that person's farm as well. Did you understand me? Or do I have to speak in Tagalog? (laughs) 
if you were fed in somebody's farm, it was your obligation to deliver your waste. I hope you understand when I say waste. Back into the soil of that farm. So that you can fertilize it once again. So it becomes a cycle of life. Remove one part. Remove the trees. What happens when it rains? There is flood and destruction. The ecosystem is being destroyed. God has created a great system. It's so amazing. It is so perfect. It was so perfect. In fact, even the creation of the world, the exact time of the spin of the earth is perfect. 24 hours. The placing of the earth from the sun, perfect. You see, they said, if we're a little bit closer to the sun, we will burn to death. If the earth were a little further from the sun, we will freeze to death. It is perfect. That is why we are alive today and we breathe. God created an ecosystem. Leaders aim to build their many ecosystems in their organizations. How? How can the organization thrive as people support one another, as functions are complementary in the organization? Four things. It's a good thing I am carrying my own watch. I'm wearing my own watch because that one is late. It's only quarter to 11, which means if I follow that, I have 45 minutes to go. But don't worry, don't worry, you will not stay here until lunch. Uh, may we have a donation of a very nice wall clock. Uh, that has been failing us for a while, and uh, we have been dismissing you for longer time than we should. So forgive us. I partially blame the clock. Uh, let us go back. Number one, God is the undeniable creator of the universe. We should meditate on the greatness of God. May somebody say, God is great. great. Say it again. God is great. great. You see, God is all-powerful. With just the power of His Word. And God said, and the world was created. Therefore, we should have a high view of God. A high view of God. You see... God is our Father, as Jesus introduced to us. But we should not forget or lose the high view of God. What is the high view of God? He is the creator of the world. And who are we? We are a speck of dust in the universe. We are nothing. Our view in terms of atoms and molecules, that's us. Our view of the ants, that's probably us in relation to God. Even smaller, I guess. Therefore, we must learn to meditate. When you pray, please meditate on the greatness of who God is. Because if we have a high view of God, it may lead us to real worship. Because the greatness of God, or they say the glory of God, you know the word glory in Hebrew is weight. The weight, weightiness of God. Magaling ang Pinoy dyan eh. Accurate sa Hebrew. Bigatin yan pare. No? Bigatin yan. 
and they don't mean literal weight. It means the, the influence, uh, the popularity, or the skill level is begotten, weight, heavy. One Bible teacher said, The weightiness, the glory of God, if we see it, leads us to our knees. Leads us to humble ourselves before Him. Why? Because we sense the weightiness of the glory of God, knowing who He is and who I am. Then bring that to the New Testament. I know who I am. I am nothing. And I know who He is, but through Christ, He thought about me. He thought about us and saved us. That is why the leader must have a heart of gratitude and understanding that God is great. Can somebody say, God is great? great. Humility is taught when we understand worship. Humility, real humility forms in our hearts. Recognizing that we are nothing and everything we have was just allowed by God. And humility is an important pillar of leadership. Because once a leader thinks he is that good, I am so amazing. I'm the greatest of all. Don't you see? You need me. Whenever a leader thinks that way, maybe not saying out loud, but deep inside, elevates his own heart. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm thankful because you allowed me to lead. I'm thankful that you allowed me to have some influence. I'm thankful that you have allowed me to serve you. I am thankful that you allowed me to earn some money. I'm thankful that you allowed me to earn more money sometimes. It is all because of you. It is all because of God. And a person, a leader must understand if he sees the greatness of God, it was only God who allowed things to happen. We are still nothing. You see, my friends, God created the world. We can only create things from what God created. Let me be clear on that. You cannot create something from nothing. Everything we create in this world, everything that man can create in this world, it was God-given. Like this podium, this pulpit. Is this fiberglass? Made from elements that God created. This is so heavy. Ever tried lifting this before? I encourage you, if you haven't, you try it later. Because I'm asking for a donation of a new pulpit. Because every time, okay, okay, the children will be, will be presenting. Okay, lift it, lift it. Pakitanggal, uh, pakitanggal. And you know, some skinny guys come here and try to lift this. <laughs> and, and they have a hard time lifting it because this thing is so heavy. You're the chair you're sitting on. It was made from the minerals of the earth that God already created. That was created from something that God created. That's why man must learn to be humble, even though man has created the cell phone. Man has created rockets that go to space. Yet man must remain humble. He cannot create from nothing. Everything that he creates, God provided the material with which we can apply the creativity that he has given us. So first, my friends, God is great. Every time you are tempted to sin, remember, God is great is great. Amen? Amen? 
God is great. Number two, recognize the importance of divine order. We must put order first in our homes. Amen? Gulo ng pamilya namin. That's why you are there, so you can pray and put order into it. Put order into it. How? First you pray, then you forgive. And then you do the investment of unconditional love because if the others won't, who will? That's why you know God. That's why you hear God's word for a purpose. That's why God saved you for a purpose. No longer as somebody who complains about why is this happening to me, but as someone who knows they can make a difference because they know God is a God of order. Therefore, we must put order in our homes. We must put order in our relationships. Our relationships with one another at home, one another here in this church, in our workplace, and in other areas. We must recognize the divine order. That yes, God wants us to forgive, and God wants us to connect with others. Is that God's will for us to connect with others? Yes, to a certain degree. And no, not to sin, but rather to experience how we can share God's love to others. How can we do that if we do not learn to connect with others? If we do not know how to introduce ourselves and build a relationship. And when I say relationship, it, it's not always what we think. We're in a relationship. I do mean is the part where we just connect. It begins professional relationships. A relationship in church. Just getting connected. As we mentioned, learning to support one another and help one another is a form of love. To a certain degree. We must learn to put order into things. But aside from our relationships, we must put order even to our own desk. Do you have your own desk or your own room? Do you? They say that your desk is the reflection of your mind. If it is messy, perhaps your mind is messy. But sometimes, you, need, you see, they say that creative people are messy. I agree that once they are in their creative process, allow your children to be messy. But after they do the painting, they do whatever creative process, they must learn to clean up after because God is a God of order. Hmm? When they invite friends, go ahead, uh, let them uh, prepare the juice and prepare the food. Only they must be responsible to wash the dishes after. And all the parents say, Amen. <laughs> we have to put order into our personal things. One of the mistakes that people have is the desire to keep buying. They want to earn more so that they can buy more. We must disagree with that lifestyle. We want to earn more so we can invest more, so we can make a difference in this world. First in our families, but also in this world. Some people want to earn so that they can buy. And if we are trapped in the buying addiction, it's so easy today with your mobile phone and Lazada and Zalora 
and all these, uh, uh, and sometimes you don't need a lot of these things, or even a AliExpress, whatever, and even Amazon, the biggest shopping mall online. Wow. We must put order into our things. And uh, I do advise you, uh, kids who have become teenagers, look at your toys and uh, create more space in your room. And if you may, give these away to those who never had a toy in their lives. It will make you happier. It will give more space in your room and it will declutter your mind as well. And even sometimes our own wardrobe. Some of us, without knowing it, we can no longer fit our wardrobe in our closet. Right? So what will you do? Will you buy a bigger closet or will you lessen the wardrobe? Pastor Ed, I have an issue there because the way my body works, I get so thin sometimes and get so fat sometimes. I need all those clothes. Depending on the season, you see, around December and January, I put on extra weight, and then I'll be slim again during summer. Of course, we go to the beach, and then I have to have those. Well, I suggest you maintain one body type, if you may. <laughs> well, it's easier said than done, because I'm one of those who have that struggle. Uh, even though how much diet I do, uh, sometimes there's that part in my body, it's not like other bodies who would eat everything and remain slim. That's why I therefore conclude, life is not fair. <laughs> and I'm not disturbed by it. Why? Because there are some things in our lives that God has given us more than others. It cannot be point-to-point -point comparison. Please, do not fall into the spirit of envy because you're doing point-to-point -point comparison. Right? I mean, the world is an amazing place to observe. It is amazing, really. We meet a rich man who cannot sleep well because of the fight happening in his home because of his wealth. Not all family, wealthy families are like that, but we're just saying that God did not give everything to one family or one person. Then you see this, this uh, man who has good genes and, and uh, uh, muscular, even though he just lifts a little, his body responds to the bulk immediately, but he has a very high-pitched voice. Hello! And uh, you just say, oh, the world is really different. And you hear this, this announcer with a very, very nice voice. And you think, he's the most handsome man in the world until you meet him. <laughs> and you get disappointed. Such is the world. Therefore, I say, put divine, put order into things. Do not envy others. The important thing is there is order in my life. Let us also fix our schedules. Please, it is important. Some of us are so late because we have no foresight. You know what foresight is? You have to say foresight. Uh, uh, how is the traffic during that time? Will I say yes to this appointment because I'm coming from here? Oh, the traffic will be bad. Therefore, I will say not that time, a little later because the traffic is bad. So there's foresight. Oh, I have to go to church tomorrow. Therefore, I must prepare these things tonight. You know, it's not good being late because one half of your, one sock is missing, right? 
And, and because of that one sock, you are late. But if you prepared your socks the night before, amen? One time we, when we started the prayer meeting here, of course, I was determined that my family shall be the example. We will miss very little dawn prayer meeting, even though we lived in Partido that time. So, which means we have to wake up extra early and come here and not be late every time. And that happened for more than a year. So, my children will have to wake up early. So, foresight. So I say to them at night, you may take a bath right now and wear the clothes you need to wear tomorrow morning and sleep on it, and then I will wake you up, and then we will be there on time. Crazy as it sounds, it worked. It worked. Why foresight? You can avoid being late by having foresight. Even relationships. Will you say yes to this man? Will you court that girl? Understanding the positive and the negatives. Understanding what kind of family they come from. Understanding the, the attitude. Ugali kumbaga. The attitude they have. Knowing this. Will you still count the cost? You have to have foresight. If these things, I do these things. These are the possible things in the future. Foresight, for example, uh, why do I don't like sugar? I don't like sugar. And I try to avoid sugar as much as I can. In my coffee, I avoid sugar. I avoid sugar, that's why I don't drink soft drinks as well, because I avoid sugar as much as I can. I avoid white rice, I avoid white bread as much as I can. Why? Foresight. Two of my grandparents were diabetic. Genetically, I might be on the losing end. So I said, I'd rather avoid it now rather than let it come out in my prime. It may come out still, hopefully not. In Jesus' name, hopefully not. But in my prime, in my 40s and 50s, when it comes out, that would be devastating for me. So I said, with all my heart, I am not diabetic, but I will remove sugar in my life as much as I can. Therefore, if you give me gifts that is laden with sugar, it goes to my children, not me. So if you ask me, Pastor, natikman mo? I don't know how to answer you. Sometimes my wife would say, Hoy, dalayan niya ganito. Kailangan tikman mo. Okay, okay, you know, you have to believe your wife when it's about her relationship with other sisters. So I have to try a little bit so that I will not lie. Okay, I've tasted, okay? I'm done. I fulfilled my obligation to that sister. And then I can really say, it's good. Our schedules, our emotions, our thoughts. Putting in order thoughts and emotions are very important. Learning to discipline thoughts and entertain thoughts and not entertain thoughts. This is the battleground. If we can win it here, we can win it on earth. We can live a better life. No, I'm not one of those who say you can have a happier life. <sighs> Why do people keep chasing happiness? If you keep chasing happiness, you'll never find it. Because happiness... Is what? It is hard to define. It is different from every person. 
Nobody is happy all the time, 24-7. That is not the reality of life. But can I find satisfaction in life? Yes, I would rather challenge you to pursue, to have value to others. Know that your life has meaning and you can sleep well because your life had meaning. You help somebody. You develop a certain skill that helps others. And in the process, you get paid in the process as well. Praise God, you have a living. Yet, then you have this satisfaction put in order our thoughts and our emotions. It takes time to master it. But we must learn to master the emotion. Because if you do not, and the, the emotion masters you, that's a difficult life, and you will have difficult relationships. But if we learn to master the emotions, amen. More on that on another time. Number three, respect the boundaries set by the Bible. Also respect ethical and moral boundaries in our family, our work, our businesses, and our ministries. There are boundaries, and we must respect the boundaries. Do not cross the line if God has set the boundary. Why? There is always chaos whenever we cross the line and unprepared for it. That's why do not follow the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind must be renewed. Not everything you think is right. And the humility to say to God, Lord, transform me. I want to know more about your word so that if I am wrong in a certain perspective, you will change it, Lord. Because how we think affects the way we live. The way we live. Respect the boundaries. There are boundaries. Sin is a boundary that you must not cross. If you know it's sin, we must not do it. And if ever we do it because of our weaknesses, we must repent and confess to God. And with all our hearts, turn away from it. We study the Bible not just because we want to enjoy the promises of God, but to also know the boundaries because the boundaries help us. The boundaries keep us safe. You know this when you're taking care of a little boy, a toddler, right? A toddler who runs here, there, and everywhere. Toddlers who want to try everything you have to watch. Once I was told by a teacher when... His sister said that when she was very young, was so curious, extra curious, that she would try to imagine what would happen if I put my tongue on the freezer's wall. So she tried it. Without any parent watching, she just crossed the boundary. She will partially regret, partially. So she tried it and she could not remove her tongue. Ah, 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 ah. But that curiosity God also used. She became a good chemist afterwards because of the curiosity. However, even though people are curious, we know the importance of boundaries to keep toddlers safe. That's why parents have to explain, don't do that, okay? Do not put your finger in the socket, all right, baby? Okay, why you might get electrocuted? They don't know what electrocution means. For them, electrocution is a funny thing, especially if they watch Bugs Bunny, right? <laughs> if they watch cartoons, for them, electrocution is comedy. And they say, I want that. But you have to explain no. But sometimes they are stubborn, then you must be firm, no. 
at times God will set the boundaries. At, but we are so stubborn. You know what God will do? The Holy Spirit does this. If you're a true child of God, he will discipline you. Wait for it. If not, then you are still with the devil. And <laughs> if you are a true child of God and he is your father, and what he would do is tap you. Hey, that's wrong. But oftentimes we feel the sin is so good, we are tapped. And still we continue. So after a while, because God is such a gentleman, although he is all-powerful, the Spirit is a gentleman. After a while, when we do not respond to his prodding and his conviction, it's no longer just a finger tapping you. It's going to be a fist. Ooh, Lord, why did you hurt me? Because you wouldn't listen. I give you a prophecy right now. If you still keep persisting on that sin, feel the fist coming one day. Stop now or the fist will come. After the gentle prodding, part of the gentle prodding is me preaching to you, right? Because it seems impersonal. You know? When Pastor Ed preaches something, oh, that's not me, that's my brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope he's here. Huh? Oh, that's not me, that's my wife, that's my husband. I hope he's here. No, I'm talking to all of us, including myself. That's why preachers struggle a lot when they preach, because it has to be in our lives. We struggle a lot when we come up here. If we don't struggle at all, then we are not preachers of the gospel. We are simply motivational speakers, and that is not what we are here. So we must respect the boundaries. In business, please deliver what you promise to people. Do not lie to them. Do not defraud them. Do not deceive them. Maybe you might take an advantage right now, but remember when God said, vengeance belongs to me. It is God who will take vengeance, not them. Yes, naloko mo. You deceive them. Maybe you earned a little more for now. But you see, every time you do that, you sow a consequence to yourself. And one day, it is God who will take his vengeance on you. Remember that. Respect the boundaries because God is a God of boundaries. And for help build an organization that is complementary. Let us build homes where... The family members learn to help and support one another in the love of Jesus Christ. Let us build a church where we, we, we do not, we hate gossip, but instead we think of others highly. And even if we rebuke one another, it's in the spirit of love and fellowship. We must learn that our growth groups can support one another. The, the people in the growth groups build a good relationship with each other that they help one another. We must build an ecosystem in this community. We have the Sunday service where we can worship. That's why the band who practices diligently is part of the ecosystem. Pastors who preach here is part of the ecosystem. Every usher who helps you to your place where you must sit down, come here earlier than everybody else is part of the ecosystem. People who clean the place is part of the ecosystem. And aside from this larger group, we meet in smaller groups because we cannot build a relationship in this large group. Therefore, we invite one, two, three for coffee, for a small group meeting in this house, in this house, in that house, in this coffee shop, or wherever. Why do we do that? Because 
Every time we pray for one another, even just for a short moment, every time we study God's Word together, even for a short moment, something happens in the Spirit that our hearts are bonded together step by step. How do you think true friendship happens? Automatically. You know, when we were kids, it's as easy as you brought your child to the party and he says, I have a friend. The more we get older, we realize the importance of investing more time with each other. Therefore, we can support one another. How do we open up with the problems of life? Who do we talk to? Only people we can trust. And trust only happens through time. That's why we have a growth group system here. Where mentoring the study of God's word and praying for one another happens. We have the dawn prayer, meaning to deepen our spirituality and our unity as a church. Calling to God together. Repenting of our sins together. Calling on the name of the Lord that His attention and favor will be upon us. That is part of the system. And uh, it was introduced by our worship ministers to have uh, a Friday night worship once a month. That's why we have the awesome night. And if you love music and you love worship or you want to learn to love worship... You can go there. I was here last Friday. It was fantastic. We build these compliments. That's why we have the uproar for the teenagers. We have some growth groups for the young professionals. Be part of one. We have the children's ministry here. It's an ecosystem we try to build. It's just not one or two. It's a whole ecosystem. And you know what? Each one must recognize each one of us. That you're not just here to be a recipient of the blessing, but you must be here both to receive the blessing and to share the blessing in the lives of others. Once we do that and we keep doing that, then we build our relationship as a church. We become a strong and growing church and hopefully glorifies God. And when others see us, the same way that happened in Acts chapter 2, and the Lord added to their number daily why? Because they have the habits of fellowship, of prayer, the study of God's word. And this does not only apply in church. This applies in, in, in an enterprise. If you start a business, you have to be thinking of building an ecosystem. That's why many of us fail or have failed in business. We have tried, but I'm here to encourage you, do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. But learn to understand what you build has an ecosystem. It's not just you sell, you sell, you sell. Buy this now. If you buy this, you will grow hair. I don't believe you, you know? <laughs> because the richest man in the world is Jeff Bezos, and he has no hair. And if he's the richest man in the world with no hair, it means nothing works, all right? Well, that's maybe a faulty logic, because I don't know he, he invests in it. But I'm happy to look the way I look. Amen? Don't, aren't you happy? I'm happy. I'm confident with what, how God created me. And I have accepted this long ago. Do you accept yourself right now? You see, in my early 20s, I visited a doctor, a good doctor and she, in St. Luke's. And she made an assessment of my, my head and my hair. And she said, I'll see what I can do. But the male hereditary boldness has begun Oh, so I began to really admire more people or actors who have no hair. Praise God, there are models. <laughs> that is just simple humor, but my friends, we're here to build an ecosystem. You know, that's why some people, when they go out of church or some youth, they finish college, they go work far away. They compromise in sin. 
why there's no ecosystem there. That's why you know how normal it is for you if your child's going somewhere. Find a good local church that preaches God's word. Why is it normal for you to say that? Because you know, to be a Christian, it takes an ecosystem. God created an ecosystem on this earth. We must build echoes, good ecosystems in our home, in our workplace, in our church, and in our nation. Let us all rise and let us pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your grace and goodness. We recognize that you are God and creator of the universe, and by faith we believe that, that by your word, the world became existent. We believe that you are a God of order. Use us as your instruments to put order into this earth. At least we play our part, our role in it, but also to put order in our homes, our trash, our, the things we have, we own. Lord, teach us to set boundaries and respect these boundaries. Teach us to know your boundaries reflected in your word that we may live them and apply them. Teach us to build ecosystems because you are a God who built a great, perfect ecosystem for the earth. We appreciate that and we want to help preserve what you have created. Yet teach us to build wonderful ecosystems as well in our families, our workplaces, our own lives that we may grow spiritually strong, mentally strong, emotionally strong, and physically strong, and socially relevant. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.